Welcome to the Main Deck Podcast. If you like games like Magic the Gathering, Yu-Gi-Oh!, Pokemon, Dragon Ball Super, Digimon, Flesh and Blood, and many, many more, you're in the right place. For all of our TCG news and content and links to all of our socials, visit www.maindeck.games. Now, on to the show. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Main Deck Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Green, and this is episode 26. This will be the seventh episode in our single month of an insane amount of podcasts, uh, the seventh episode in our Look Back series, looking back at various TCGs, how they did in 2022. And today I am joined by an old friend of mine, Aaron Thompson. Aaron, how's it going? It's going all right, Dan. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm so happy. I've wanted to... I've wanted to reach out to you for a long time and uh, and try and get you on here because, Aaron, you you are, first of all, in like the whole time I've been playing card games, um, you've been just this steadfast, uh, singular, generally singular focus player of one particular game, which, of course, is the subject of our game today, of our, of our discussion today, which is Yu-Gi-Oh! trading card game. Um, you were there when I was, uh, when I started playing Yu-Gi-Oh back in the day Mm -hmm. and you're still there, still running our events locally, still the champion of the game here. Um, (laughs) and, and it's just, for me, this is an interesting take on things because in, in that period of time, I feel, and now I could be wrong. You're in, and I'm going to give you a ton of opportunity here to correct me on everything, but I feel like I've gone and played every game under the sun. And you've dabbled in a few, but you've just been playing Yu-Gi-Oh! like the whole time. Am, am I right? I would say primarily, yeah. I've dabbled in a few other card games and tried to go a little bit uh, competitively in both of them, or uh, a few of them. But uh, yeah, it's Yu-Gi-Oh! is the one I just keep coming back to because uh, it's my one first TCG, you know? So Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. you know, like I, I always come back to Magic, but I feel like I take these kind of long breaks you know, mm-hmm. every now and then it's like, yeah, I've had enough. I want to go, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to dive really into Dragon Ball Z. I'm going to dive really into uh, My Hero Academia, whatever. And, and, uh, yeah. and, and it hasn't, I, I just, it's always impressed me, I guess <laughs> I should say <laughs> your ability to just stick to it for so long. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's the funny thing is that I always tell people that uh, you can't really quit Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh! has to quit you is kind of something that I've always said. And, and it's just, it depends on formats. It depends on, you know, uh, the, the price range of the game for people where it's, you know, getting to or where it's going to, um, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it hasn't quit me yet. I would say, um, sure. you know, I'm definitely, you know, I've been in the game for, uh, yeah, you know, 20 years now, 20 plus years. And so, uh, you know, to say I like it is kind of an understatement. It's, it's, it's a pride and joy more or less. So, yeah, it's. I mean, at this point, it's just an integral part of your life. It's your. Mm-hmm. It's like your main hobby. So, yeah. Um, t- tell us. So, okay, twenty plus years of playing Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell, yeah, that's crazy. That's it is. It is a lot. Um, but yeah. you know, it's. I think that's awesome personally. I think like to yeah. be so fully invested to you. I mean, you know the ins and outs of everything in there. To, um, tell us what kind of what your experience like. How have you interacted with it? like from player to judge to everything like what's your what's your life story in Yu-Gi-Oh why don't you let everyone know sure sure um so yeah so uh so 2002 
is when Yu-Gi-Oh came to the States. Um, I don't know the month uh, specifically, but... Uh, oh, come uh, on. That, that, yeah, right. That's, <laughs> I think it was summer of 20 or 2002. I feel like that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so the anime, uh, you know, I started uh, kind of catching uh, glimpses of the anime, uh, Saturday morning cartoons, you know, uh, probably 10th grade, I think it was then. Um, and yeah, I just was like, holy smokes, this is really cool. Like this, you know, this these people have crazy hair and uh, this, you know, protagonist is, uh, is is insane how he goes from, you know, this this childhood child duelist to this man all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, it was just, it was pretty crazy to watch. And so, yeah, when the, the card game, you know, I saw a commercial for the card game getting released and uh, I was like, man, I got to have that. And so my brother and sister watched it too. They were very young um, at the time. Uh, but they wanted to try it too. They were watching it with me. And so we bought one starter deck Yugi, the very first Yugi starter deck that came yep. out. And we split it between the three of us. That's all you need to play. <laughs> one third of a starter <laughs> deck Yugi. Yeah. So it's like 16 cards each somewhere in the ballpark, you know. Um, we we set aside the Dark Magician, you know. We all decided we were going to, you know, try and balance out these 16 cards and play against each other. And whoever won would get the Dark Magician for their part of the deck and oh. I being the older brother I understood the game better and the winning of <laughs> the dark magician you know that's that's life kids you know sorry brother sorry sister that's just the way it is um <laughs> but no so uh so we did that and then I I was like I got it you know was, I, I need more than this so you know I think I can't remember where I was working at the time but I I had a little bit of money left over from a paycheck and went and got a you know, started at Kaiba and then Legends of Blue Eyes came out that year. Um, and so I started buying packs and, uh, you know, just really started. Oh, man, that first set was so hard to build decks with. Oh, that was the downside to it, you know. <laughs> Tell me about this. <laughs> Everything's so, so bad. Yeah, it's so bad, so bad. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so uh, sets came out pretty quick that, that first year. You know, I think they really wanted to get it, you know, get the sets out so people could build their decks, build a little bit more variety. Um, and so, yeah, just really started, uh, I, I found that there was a local scene, um, playing the game, uh, at Paradox, uh, and I had, um, and I, and at Big Nick's at the time as well, um, they both were, were running some, uh, weekly events, um, so ended up meeting some people through that, actually, my buddy Chris Johnson and I, we started playing together, um, you know, in high school, um, and yeah, so we we found out about local scenes, started going to those, got our butts kicked. You know, we didn't know what we were, we didn't, you know, we understood the game, but we didn't understand deck building that well at that point. Sure. Um, so we just got smoked. Um, but it was great because we were like seeing all these new cards and all these new strategies and getting really hyped for it. And so that led into, oh man, that was probably, I'm trying to think, we went... I was mostly just a player in the game up until about 2008-ish, um, so about six years, five years-ish, uh, just kind of being a player traveling to regionals here and there, you know, down in the cities and stuff. Um, you know, did did all right once I kind of understood the game. You know, I got a couple a couple regional tops and stuff, which was cool. Um, and then there, we were going to be hosting a regional at Paradox um, Legion event. Steve Port was going to be uh, the the head judge mm -hmm. uh, or the tournament organizer for that event. And we got some kind of snowstorm or something. It was like December, and we got a crazy snowstorm. And he calls me up and he goes, "Hey, like I I 
Ford judged a couple of regionals for him um, just to kind of test the waters. Um, and he was like, hey, I trust you. Do you want to head judge this event um, at Paradox? Because I can't make it up. Um, I can't make it up because of the storm. And I was like, oh, man, uh, sure, let's give it a try. I think I had floor judged twice just to, like, get the hang of it. Um, and sure. that event went – Trial by fire. Wow. Yeah, right? Yeah, it was crazy. Um, and so I picked a couple other local guys, you know, uh, to judge with me, and uh, and we made it happen. Um, I think the turnout was, like, 30-some people, 40-some people. It was pretty small because of the snowstorm. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we, we ran that pretty successfully. And kind of from that point forward, when events were going to happen, um, you know, around town here, um, you know, I was doing a lot of the judging, uh, helping run events. And I just kind of went up from there. Like I still played on the side, um, but I've been a pretty active judge now since since that time, um, traveling all over the, the country, um, judging for uh, YCS's Yu-Gi-Oh! Championship, championship Series events. Um, national championships. Um, I did just this last year. I got to go to New York Comic Con and be like on Konami staff as a judge to like help demo the event there um, and help uh, help yeah do a bunch of demos at Comic Con, which was a, an amazing experience. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it was really cool. Kind of kind of a, a bucket list item for Yu Gi Oh because I knew that you could do it, but you had to you had to really just show that you meant that you you know you wanted to do it and. And, uh, you know, just kind of, um, yeah, be someone they could trust because you're the face of the game when you're there. Um, you know, you're the, you know, you're, you're showing people how to play the game and how, you know, how to get into it. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so just judging started kind of around then really heavily. I still play in my, when I can in my free time. Um, but yeah, I, I would say that that's kind of, uh, my 20 year, uh, you know, player to judge kind of uh, experience anyways. Sure. And did you, so one thing that happened to me when, when I started judging games like magic, um, mm -hmm. I, well, especially magic, just because of the, the size of it, you know, I feel like, I feel like with smaller games, when you start judging smaller games, you, you know, you generally still get to play in them. Right. So you get like mm -hmm. uh, a decent amount of play. I don't know how it is with your Yu-Gi-Oh events. Do you still get to play in them when you're judging them as well? You do not. Okay. Uh, if, yep. you, if, you, if you're if you're judging an event, if you're judging an event, you're not allowed to play because it just creates a conflict of yes. Know, if you're the judge and you're playing, people are afraid to you know challenge you on a ruling or something like that. Yep. So. Yep. Generally, when it's a larger game like like Magic or Yu Gi Oh, the rules are quite a bit more strict about that about that yeah. kind of thing. So yeah, so I was going to ask now that because that happened to me in Magic, I started judging and then I got to play a whole lot less and I got a whole lot less competitive. Are you are you the same way? Yeah, yeah, I would say I, I definitely enjoy the more casual side of the game. Um, I do still get a bit competitive here and there. Um, just to, I like to stay on top of the, you know, the, the top tier decks and, and really understand how to play them. And in order to play them well, you kind of have to have a little bit of a competitive mindset. To definitely. Them, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I think, uh, yeah, I'm definitely more of a casual player. I don't, you know, when I go into an event, there's regionals and random events here and there. Um, we just had a, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh championship series in Minneapolis recently. Um, and I went as a player, I actually didn't judge that one. Um, cause when they're this close to home, I like to, to play in them cause I get to hang out with friends and, you know, sure. who I haven't seen in a while. And when they're, you know, States away, I'll, I'll travel to those and judge those. Cause it just makes more sense, um, to do that. But, uh, but yeah, when I, when I go to play, even, <laughs> even in those events, um, I just can't get, competitive about it like i just have just you know i play i play what i consider like my favorite deck 
um, and just kind of go into it with, with, you know, an idea of what the decks are that I'm going to play against, but I still am there to have fun. Like I, I still yeah. laugh with people. I don't have that, you know, that, that stare, you know, that, that yeah. you know, I don't want to talk. <laughs> I, I don't want to talk mentality. That's not me. I'm, I'm a social person. I like to have fun with people and, and so, yeah, so I played a couple of rounds of the main event and then um, there's uh, a new sort of uh, kind of pseudo new version of Yu-Gi-Oh called Speed Duels. Yes. Um, and I'm really into that. I really, I really enjoy that a lot. Um, and so I went to go play like side events for that um, and just dropped out of the main event to go to that for fun. Awesome. So. Yeah, that's that's the same way I tend to approach big events for games where I'm like a judge for it or whatever, too. I, I like if I get to play in it, it's like, you know, two round. Even if I'm winning, sometimes I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like I'm done. That's that was yeah. enough. I'm gonna go play some of the fun stuff or yeah. explore the con or whatever. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's like it's like once you. I feel like once you really get invested in not just playing a game, but kind of like, you know, being the pillar for the game, being part of the community. It's like the game itself isn't exactly why you're attending these events or whatever. It's it's just like it's it's sort of like a given that you'll be there. And then the fact that if, you know, if you're like playing it or whatever, like that's just kind of a thing to do, you know, mm-hmm. while you're there, yeah. but isn't usually like the point. Um, and I, I do kind right. of miss in some ways when I really cared about yeah. like winning yeah. events, but yeah, you know, it's just, yeah. it's, we're all at different stages. I think, you know, in, in, uh, in how we're interacting with a game that's, that's due to become a large part of our, of our right. lifestyle. Right. Right. Yep. Yep. So speaking of uh, games that are part of your lifestyle, so like you did mention you've dabbled in a few other TCGs. Yep. So I think I think the audience is curious which ones <laughs> you, you deemed worthy of pulling you away from Yu-Gi-Oh for a little sure, bit. Sure. Uh, the first was, you know, the, the the king of the crown right now, which is Magic the Gathering. Um, of course. You know, I played. I actually tried to get into that competitively uh, twice, I want to say. Uh, the first was during uh mirrodin um oh a uh, rough era to get played, it competitively yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, i played you know ravager dot deck um, of course you know, Who and, didn't? yeah it was uh, i actually started playing kind of casually in eighth edition which really ages me it feels like too uh, <laughs> i had uh, a couple of the people who played Yu-Gi-Oh uh, also were playing magic and so they were like hey try this other game out and so i played like wellwisher elves um back then classic and uh <laughs> just, just yeah i had a lot of fun with that uh, but it was more just casual and then uh, yeah mirrodin was really uh where i tried to kind of get competitive into it spent the money to buy the deck um played in like my first fnm and got in like top four there was like 40 people that friday night yeah and i would just play cards like kind of knowing the ins and outs of the deck <laughs> but i would get to certain points and people would just say to me Oh well, you're gonna do this, this, and this. So I'll just scoop. We'll go to the next game with with, like, with Ravager Affinity. That's yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> Everyone yeah. knows how to play your deck better than you. You're like, okay, yeah. I guess yeah. I win. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, all right, we'll go to the next game. And then I got to top four, and I think they played like uh, Counter Blue, like Badalkin Shackles, like oh, Anti Artifact, sure. like just yep. just shut me down. And but I was like, hey, top four, like <laughs> I did all right. <laughs> um, you know, and played a little bit more, and then I realized back then because that was man what year was that what, when did the eighth edition come out or not eighth edition, uh mirror didn't come out um ooh, i'm trying to I think it had to be around 2005 2006 yeah, yeah, something yeah, like there i think in there. and i had just you know i was a couple of years into college and i could not afford to play both games competitively like that's the big yeah. thing that kind of held me back and so i realized like man i you know as fun as magic was 
Yu-Gi-Oh was still more fun to me and more of my friends played it. And so, you know, I sold off my stuff and just, you know, kept playing Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, and then I tried to get back in again in Kamigawa because I started reading the, the books that came with like the well, That didn't take long. And <laughs> yeah, and, and I had a lot of fun reading those books and I was like, I'm going to play. And I, I don't remember which decks I played. I played a couple of them, but uh, um, and then same thing happened. It was, you know, just too expensive to play both. Yep. Um, and then kind of around that 06 time frame, I got into uh, what is now known as Universus, but it was the Universal Fighting System game. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a bunch of the Yu-Gi-Oh players were really stoked about that game. Um, Brian, who used to work at Paradox, uh, was yes. the one who really got that game going. Um, and that game was a ton of fun. Uh, you know, Soul Calibur, Street Fighter, like this just really interesting new style of card game, um, you know, was just a breath of fresh air kind of. Um, and we really, a lot of us got into it kind of competitively. Like we traveled to, I think it's Kenosha, uh, somewhere in Canada um, for like one of their like national championship events. It was this tiny town in Canada. I don't know why they chose that <laughs> town of all towns. Um, it sucked to drive to because it was, I think it was pretty much in the middle of winter um beautiful and yeah we went up and and had a lot of fun with that got to know some of the the people who were like you know in charge of the game um and our community here was doing really well um and so they kind of we were in like you know pretty close contact with them when it came to like new releases and stuff like that um i remember i traveled out to um las vegas for something um where their headquarters were and i got to I, I messaged them randomly, like, "Hey, can I swing in and 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 meet, you know, see the see the uh, the the headquarters, so to say?" And they like welcomed me in, and they played some games with me, and it was just like they're such a cool, you know, cool uh, company. That was um, that was Sabretooth at the time. That Sabretooth games, that? yeah, yep. yep, yep, Sabretooth, yep. Um, and yeah, so I got into that game, played that game for quite a while. Um, I was still doing Yu-Gi-Oh on the side, um, but that game was just like, again, a breath of fresh air to kind of try something new. And then I think, I'm trying to remember when I really got out of that game. I think weird things started to happen. I don't know if like, I think Sabretooth was, you know, they sold the game. Yeah. And then <laughs> it started like, sets got really weird. Um the the history of, of UFS is is wild, but it's it started it started with Sabretooth. And um I don't know, I, I can't say exactly, I, I don't think I know exactly what sort of you know got them to sort of run out on it. You know, I yeah. don't know if they ran into the ground or something. I know I know that yeah. Brian, who you mentioned, has yeah. told me some wonderful stories about um him trying to warn them about cards that are like literally Yogmoth's will from Magic the Gathering, but it's just like like hey guys, this is an infinite combo, you realize yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, and they're yeah, like, yeah. eh, whatever. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He, he I think it was some Zasalamel card he always used to he, yeah. he always told the story yeah. about that was just like yeah, yeah broken yeah. as as hell. Yeah. So um yeah. I don't know what happened, but eventually they sold it uh to um our friends from Minnesota right. Fantasy Flight Games. Yep. And then they, they tried their hand fantasy flights like so many times has tried their hand at, at trading card games and just eventually like gives up on them every yeah. time. So yeah. then nothing, nothing ever really sticks with them. So it yeah. went for a little bit until Jasco, uh, yeah. picked it up now. And some yeah. a guy, a guy named Jason Horonsky just, uh, just saw the yeah. game uh, floundering and was just like, no, <laughs> And it's like, yeah. I'm taking yeah. this game. Yeah. I'm, I'm making yeah. this company to make this game last. And, and it yeah. has since then. 
Yeah, yeah, and I've it's actually been really fun kind of watching it. Um, I, uh, yeah, seeing my hero uh, become a part of it and and just kind of seeing how the game has evolved has been really kind of fun to watch. Um, you know, I didn't really, I know at one point we traveled to a, a national championship and the big thing, the big hype then was that they announced that they were getting the Mortal Kombat license. Um, and I don't know if that ever happened. I don't it know did. if that, did it happen? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was shortly after that event where we all just kind of sort of stopped stopped playing. Um, our, a buddy of mine, Bryce, uh, played in that event and got like top eight or something like that. He did really well in that event, nice. which is cool to see. Um, but yeah, I think that was at Gen Con. I think it was when they, they hosted that event. Um, but yeah, uh, so, and then, um, so yeah, I kind of got out of that game. Um, what other ones have I dabbled in? Weirdly enough, I haven't had anybody teach me how to play the Pokemon TCG. What? Um, and I know I can like in your yes, whole life, in my whole life. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> what right? on earth? Cause, yeah. Cause that's another TCG that just you know, it has stuck, obviously it's been alongside the, you know, it's been one of the big three, mm-hmm. um, for sure. Um, and so I've kind of, I have some friends now who really enjoy playing it. And so I think they're going to, they're going to show me how to, how to play it. And I've heard that the, like the, the structure decks or whatever you want to call them, the battle decks, they're pretty good. Now you can buy a couple of those and do really well with them. Um, yes. So I, I they... might give it, give a try on on one of those i don't think i'm gonna go competitively in it but i'd like to learn how to play it because i enjoy learning the card games you know yeah it's it's good to at least know and and yeah just so you know they have there's the like uh i think recently they've been calling like battle style decks or something they have uh yeah they have decks where they finally have started to just build them the same way people actually build competitive decks because like a lot of the older especially the older structured um structure decks they used to have were like Mm -hmm. they were built like Pokemon built in, you know, when we were a lot younger, when it first came out, yeah, when, yeah. I, when I was a kid at recess and I would pick up a structure deck and it was like basically a magic deck, but with some evolving cards right. was how it was like, yeah, how yeah. it was built. And then like a whole bunch of draw twos that cost nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, pot yeah, of greens yeah. everywhere. Right? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. These, these days yeah. now, you know, you, in those days, those decks used to put like 16, 20 energy cards or whatever. Yeah. Now your decks have like sometimes 12 is like, oh, you got a lot of energy. Sometimes it's like you got like eight. Like that's plenty. That's sure, all you need sure, or whatever. Sure. Yeah. Um, and if you're playing those like old style structure decks, I, when I when I logged on to the, the online client um, after not playing it for like years, all I had was the old these old structure decks. And oh my God, it's just like miserable because <laughs> yeah. you have these Pokemon that do nothing. Yeah. And then you have you, all your drawing is like, oh, good, an energy card. Cool. I put it on my Pokemon <laughs> that doesn't yeah. do anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. See what I get next turn. Guess what? It's an energy card. <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah, they, now, now Pokemon's crazy, dude. I think you'll have a lot of fun if you play with the, the, the decks that are like actually built like, you know, good decks now. Cause like, yeah. it's all just this like kind of game of like calculating haymakers on each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. And every turn you're like, like, let me see like how much of my deck I can churn through this turn to like try and find the combo pieces I need or whatever. I tell everyone it feels like you're playing um, like vintage magic is like standard Pokemon. Um, And I mean that in a really good way because that's a fun style of game. It's just like impossible for people to get into it because no one's going to go drop like 10 grand on like a vintage deck. Right, right, exactly. (laughs) So. Yeah, yeah Pokemon, you like pay 50 bucks. You're like, okay, I'm playing vintage. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I'll probably, I'll probably give that a whirl at some point. Um, in terms of other TCGs, like, you know, when, uh, oh man, what was the game called? 
Battle Spirits. Oh, yes. Battle uh, Spirits. I was showing how to play that at one time and just kind of like loosely played it very, very briefly. And did um, you see that it's coming back? I did. I did. And I was like, is this the same game? Like, yes, it is. No, I'm no. I'm super excited about that. I'm going to be, yeah. there's going to be content on, on our YouTube here for that yeah. coming. Uh, as soon as I get a few more cards shown, I'm, I think I'm going to start working on a how to play video and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I, I played Battle Spirits then too. I, I love that game. It's, it's super fun. Yeah. I'm really excited. Bandai is like actually, um, an effective TCG company now, which back then it was not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, a, yeah, yeah. it was a disaster of a TCG yeah. company then, but now they're good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah I'm, I'm excited that you played that too, because that's just a, yeah. that's a fun game. And like, yeah. I always feel like battle spirits was really Bandai trying to snipe Yu-Gi-Oh players. I don't know if you feel <laughs> that way. Oh, hundred percent. It was hundred <laughs> percent. I remember so many Yu-Gi-Oh people just being like, man, this is the next thing. This yeah, is it. We're, we're jumping ship and I know people who sold off all their stuff and then shortly thereafter. Uh, came back. <laughs> yeah, it, like, it, if it were a different Bandai, maybe it could have been. But back then they were just so they just threw everything at the wall with absolutely no financial backing behind it. No advertisements, yeah. no cash prizes, no like yeah. there's nothing. And now for the new one, they announced million dollar cash purse in 2023. Um, they've got advertisements on their sponsoring critical role the next year. They've yeah, got, they did, dude, do you know pro ZD on YouTube? I've heard the name. Yeah. Okay. He's a, yeah. he's a, you know, he's a voice actor. He does various stuff, but he, he's just like sketch comedy YouTube bits. Okay. And, sure. and he, they sponsored him to do a video recently. You yeah. like, it's, it's like a minute long and it's, and it's just hilarious. Him just making fun of long names and card games. So <laughs> But yeah, he's he's sorry. He ends it with saying, "This is sponsored by Battle Spirits Saga." And it's, it's like, that's hilarious. What? That's hilarious. Oh man. No, yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's, how about? Didn't you play Argent Saga? So I did not play Argent Saga. Oh, okay. I got okay. a couple of the like the demo decks for it, uh, or maybe a structure deck or something. Uh, but no, I know a couple other Yu-Gi-Oh players who played that pretty, pretty heavily. Um, yeah, I knew there was some, stuff. some in our area, there was, it seemed like yeah. there was some crossover going. I didn't know if you got yeah. into it. I was, that's too bad. I was really hoping to hear a take on it here. Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of people were really sad about it though, because yes. they, they, you know, everything seemed to be going fine and then they just, I, I don't know if the pandemic killed it. From what maybe, I heard, the I pandemic think. had a big impact on yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I know, I know a lot of people who had a lot of stake in the game um and yeah they were pretty bummed out when it was uh, when it was shut down so yeah yeah um, always yeah. pour one out for our our poor deceased <laughs> card games right right yeah maybe if they um, wait 14 years it'll come back like battle spirits <laughs> yeah, there you go there you go uh and then yeah so i like i think i tried the the original dragon ball card game the score like, one back, the score one yeah um, i think i dabbled in that because you know, anytime animes crossover, like it's just you gotta try it. Like, you gotta try you know, it. I mean it's 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 just the way it is. Um and so I did a little bit of that. Um man, I'm trying to rack my brain for some of the other ones I've seen. Uh were you were you a based Inuyasha player back in the day? <laughs> game was sick. I love that oh, game. Oh <laughs> man, I wasn't, but I have a buddy who was. Uh, yeah, he was pretty hardcore into it. I remember sitting down to learn it, but I never really. I think I played it twice, maybe. Yeah. Um, uh, and then, uh, so funny enough, uh, another card game that didn't last long was the Initial D. Card oh, game. nice. <laughs> no, that did, that one. That one had a very fast run. <laughs> That game, oh man, I was so excited when that came out because it's one of my favorite animes. Like I, I just yeah. love it. Um, and so, 
when that came out, me and me and my buddy Chris were like, holy smokes, like, yeah, we're gonna give this a try. And we even learning the game was really hard <laughs> to do. And uh and yeah, I think it lasted a couple sets maybe and, and then it just kind of buttered out. Was that a was that another one of Score's multitude of anime TCGs? It do you remember? Been. It might I have think, been. I think I feel like it was. I'd have to look yeah. it up. But I think yeah. Score Score just like at, there was a time when when Dragon Ball Z was sort of like waning a little bit. There was just this like this torrent of anime TCGs coming because I think yeah. Score also published Score also published Inuyasha though. That was kind of like after GT, kind of you know. Uh, <laughs> poop the bed more or less for the game <laughs> sure, sure, um, sure, sure, they sure. they yeah i mean initial d sounds like it was one of theirs they did yu yu Hakusho, which is a very cool game yeah. um they yeah. did uh they i think they did the case closed there's a case closed oh DCG, yeah if you yeah, didn't know. yeah yeah i did know that yep. yep we brought that up in the final yeah. fantasy episodes too but like yeah. i just love that piece of trivia because everyone's like wait like really <laughs> yeah yeah there's so many out there and there's almost one for anything i mean when you oh, look bleach. at like bleach oh yeah yep. i did play bleach a little bit yeah that was another yep. score one yep. bleach bleach was another score one and that one like that one had tried its best to hold on yeah i remember like so many people trying to keep that game going and it just it wouldn't like i i, I think i still have like a stack of cards from that game like in one of my boxes mm-hmm. somewhere but yeah yeah that was another one yeah there's i mean and when you look at like why Schwartz now like that, that, that pulls in like every anime you can think of, you know what I yes. mean? Like, so, so they kind of figure you know, out how to do it and make it last a long time. Right. Which I'm surprised, honestly, like I know there's, I don't think there's a huge community here for it. I, I think, I mean, there's, there's in, in people our, for it. Yeah. So, so Weiss, so in general, Bushy Road games, this is one of the, been one of the most interesting things to explore, just interacting with players more like nationally and globally about the game, but mm-hmm. like uh, about card games in general is that there are pockets that are ex- like card fight and Weiss are like the biggest games in these areas. Yeah. And, yeah. and in our local area, yeah. that's just never been the case. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's, yeah. they've, they've fluctuated yeah. generally between two and eight players at the maximum throughout right. their lifespans. Right. Um, right. I think Weiss is at a, right now is at a solid like four or five in our area. Like from what I yeah, see yeah. it, like attending regular events yeah. at, at, uh, at our local shops. But like yeah. um, there's, you know, there's usually the thing about Weiss is it's like they push the collector aspect so hard now. Like, Oh yeah. It's not going anywhere because everyone just buys mostly just to get like pretty cards. And then yeah, look at yeah. them. Like um, autographed cards and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. They have, it seems there's just a bigger segment of collectors in that game than there are players. Some, some games are more player focused and and not to say I've, I've talked to some people about, about Weiss too. Like when I tried playing it, I didn't have a great experience, but, um, it also sounds like they've been, you know, they've been tweaking things as they go a little bit and, and, uh, are having, you know, they're, they're trying to make it so that whenever they put out a new property, it does have enough of like sort of a flavor of that property. Cause that's the, that's the one downfall of a game like that. Right. Is that like, right. like. You can make like when we played Inuyasha, it was you were literally playing the Inuyasha characters trying to capture Shikon jewel shards and like, you know, everything that happened was like trying to pull flavorfully from the enemy. But like when you have just a game where it's just a a set of rules and you can just as easily stack uh, stack, man, I'm going to do this attack on Titan on it as you can hollow live or adventure time (laughs) or like whatever like if you can just if you can just do that on the same game system you inherently just can't have that same level of like thematic connection as you can with the game that's made for it right right yeah yeah 
yeah so and so yeah i've seen i've seen kind of how to play that one but never really picked it up much but i think yeah i think in terms of like tcgs that i really tried to give an effort into outside of Yu-Gi-Oh! it was mostly universal fighting system and magic were kind of the two that i i put a, a decent amount into i would say was there was there anything during those times, like especially during the magic times, was there anything happening in Yu-Gi-Oh that was like, did you feel like your interest was just a little waned at that point due to anything like ban lists or anything going on? Or you know, not really. Um, you know, just kind of thinking back on the era that it was in, um, those I I don't think there was anything that was really pulling my attention or, or, you know, really losing me in Yu-Gi-Oh. I think, you know, when they, when they initially started doing like ban lists or forbidden lists or limited lists, whatever, uh, you know, everybody calls them something different. Um, They, uh, we definitely lost a decent amount of like the local crowd for that. I remember in the very beginning Um, and which was weird to me. uh, (laughs) How dare they make my game more fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just remember like losing to some of the most absurd stuff. And when they finally were like, hey, we're going to we're going to put a, you know, a a limit on these things that can be played. I was like, that's great news. And we're like, this is crap. You know, what do you mean? I can't play my Chaos Emperor Dragon. Come on. Three, three of them at one point. Yeah, that's (laughs) right. I can't believe you could ever put three of those in a deck. That's just absurd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was right. When I was playing Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, my, my like most heavy period of play back then, like when it was just like the thing I did every week and I was coming to events and, and afraid to play against you. Cause you were so much better than me at the time. Um, <laughs> yeah. at, I shouldn't say at the time, Yu-Gi-Oh, I will never say I'm better than you period. Um, on, no, 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 I just can't. I, I played from like that, I, like really heavily from the phronic guardian through, cause I remember when magician's force came out. So I must've started right before then. Um, and it was into invasion of chaos. And I think I remember like my last event, I went in and got just like dunked by chaos emperor dragons or whatever. And I was like, maybe I'll do something else for a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. That, that was just a wild, a wild time. Like for sure. Like just thinking back on it, that was, yeah. I remember we, that was one of the first sets that really came out that like felt like it was real power creep. Yeah, for like real. Big time. Like you, we did not, we did not have anything on that level. That that was just like banish a light in the dark to do what? Yeah. Like this is this is crazy. And that's I mean, those cards were worth as much as they were worth because of you know, because of that. So yeah. It's yeah, it's it, yeah, it was what a wild time. Yeah. Worst thing we had before that was some unintended uh gear freed shenanigans. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was mostly beat down decks, you know, and you have your occasional, you know, metamorphosis like the the quote unquote goat format of Yu-Gi-Oh is what, what a lot of people see as the the <laughs> weirdly as the prime of Yu-Gi-Oh, which I don't think that's it, but it's fun to play. Like that's, you know, we do retro formats now in Yu-Gi-Oh or time wizard events as they're called. And so, nice. um, you know, go formats, a big one. And there's a couple others that are pretty popular too, but um, yeah, it, to kind of circle back to the question, I don't think there was anything happening in Yu-Gi-Oh that was really pulling me away or pushing me away from it. Yeah. Um, I think I just, I think I was more or less just like realizing that there are all these other card games that I could try that I was having a lot of fun with. And when friends are playing those same card games, it's easy to get caught up in the, you know, the, yes. the fun of it and stuff. So yeah. absolutely understand that for sure. I'm yeah. usually the one who's playing the other card games and, <laughs> and trying yeah. to rope other people. <laughs> yeah, like, sure, Come on. Yeah. It's really fun. Yeah. 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 Give it a roll. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, well, Aaron, I think that was that was a wonderful little like history lesson on who you are. I think people have a should hopefully have a pretty good idea of kind of your your especially your depth of experience with Yu-Gi-Oh, but also some good breadth of experience, like playing just a little bit, just about every game I mentioned, you're like, yeah, I think I played that like a couple of times or whatever. (laughs) So, um, so with that, that topic, especially in mind of like, of how, you know, the best and worst times for Yu-Gi-Oh, let's dive right into our main topic today, which is our 2022 look back on Yu-Gi-Oh trading card game. So Aaron, uh, as I tend to do with my guests who are here to, fill in for my egregious gap in knowledge. Um, I'm going to just open the floor to you to guide us on a little journey here with the question of, in general, how was 2022 for the Yu-Gi-Oh! trading card game? 2022 was, I would say, pretty phenomenal for the Yu-Gi-Oh! trading card game. Um, You know, it's the sets that have been released. um, You know, there's, there's been... Some ups and downs. You know, Yu-Gi-Oh! has core sets, but they also have side sets or filler sets, as people like to call them. Um, some of those were pretty, pretty, pretty subpar, to say the least. Um, but the core sets as a whole for Yu-Gi-Oh! were were <clears throat> were really good. Um, they were game changing. Um, the last two core sets that have come out, or uh, maybe even last three core sets that have come out, have honestly like changed changed the 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 tier the top tiers of 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 the game like it's been a shake up for the most part um each set that's come out which isn't anything we've really seen in the past i mean there's there's been kind of two occasions in in the past in Yu-Gi-Oh where a a set will come out that'll really just like change everything you know it's usually when there's a new master rule released in Yu-Gi-Oh like uh we had pendulums Mm. come out um you know a while back and that really changed the game as a whole um which a lot of people we lost a lot of people during that um just because of how insane that mechanic was in the game (laughs) so Um, i'm gonna i'm gonna intervene really quick and say because i mean we're gonna talk about this at some point obviously a great thing that happened in Yu-Gi-Oh was the release of master duel this year oh Um, yes yes. but Master Duel got me to play Yu-Gi-Oh again for the first mm-hmm. time in a long time outside of when I like play a dumb like GBA game that's set in like my era <laughs> you know and, like have fun with that but um, the rules aren't even real in those no, games they're just made up <laughs> oh no, I know it's fun it's fun um, yeah. but yeah the the Master Duel got me to play and and I do have to say I had to sit there and figure out pendulums and yes. it was a uh, it was it was an experience. I understand why people yeah. immediately like didn't. I I also like I understand the counterplay and everything with them. Like mm-hmm. I get I get what you can do, but like the first time someone dunked on me with a pendulum deck, I was just sitting there like, I, yeah, I, I what, yeah. <laughs> There's just like the whole hand, and then like yeah. another whole hand. It felt like just yeah. all dumps out on me at once. Like what's um, going on? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So there. Yeah. We'll, we'll touch base on, on Master Duel. I'm excited to talk about that too. Um, but yeah. It, it, overall, so so you guys have their core sets. They have their side sets. They uh, they have their tin releases once a year now. Um, this year's uh, um, tin release is uh, Tin of the Pharaoh's Gods. I think is what it's called. Um, was generally what they try and do with those sets is they'll they'll release like staples from throughout the last couple years and really just try and get them driven into the hands of newer players. Like I think 2022 was a phenomenal year for people to really start Yu-Gi-Oh if they wanted to get into it. Um, Only because sets like that make all of these cards that you generally 
for the most part, need to kind of build decks and side decks made them a lot more accessible. Um, the 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 cards themselves are cheap, you know, cheap when those things come out because um, so many people open them, you know, that that they just drive the pricing down on on a lot of those cards. Um, and so that, there, that had stuff like uh, that have the stuff like Ash Blossom and Maxi and and that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, so Maxi is actually a card that's been on the forbidden list for uh, for a while. Oh, I'm um, sorry. But yep, no, that's, that's to- to- totally fine. It was in Master like Duel that. for a little bit. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. It's still in there, I think. Yeah. Okay. I think it's, I think it's in there. Yeah. Which we haven't had in the TCG for for a long time. Um, but yeah, cards like that, you know, what we call hand traps, um, Ash Blossom, and and other uh, cards of that nature. Forbidden items. Cards. Yeah, forbidden items. Yeah. Um, there's you know a lot of good. Uh, just a, a lot of really good cards that people want uh, easier access to, which opens up the game for new players. I mean, uh, there were a couple of structure deck releases that were like literally put three of these together and you have like a pretty high tier deck. Like, and I love it when those happen because it's so nice being able to say to people who want to get into the game, go buy three of these, put them together, and and you have a pretty pretty competitive deck for the most part you know you maybe just need to fill it with a couple a couple other cards but um this is a question of a personal nature about that because of the of the structured decks that were released this year one of them was my 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 favorite tribe when i played uh the second time i played heavily which was crystal beasts was that was that one you could throw them together and play competitively or was that it it actually is is. i'm not not even kidding you there have been regional tops there have been people who've almost topped like the ycs's and stuff there have been high level competition with that deck some of the cards in that deck are insane man you should really like i'm not even i should i should get together sometime and and we'll we'll check it out like because there's that'd be fun it's so cool it's so cool um, and kind of on that topic, just briefly, uh, there was a set that got just released called Battles of Legend Crystal Revenge. I just noticed is, that looking through yeah, this list. Yeah, it's got a bunch of Crystal Beast reprints, and it also has these dark Crystal Beasts, um, which, feed, which feed the other, you know, the dark rainbow dragon side of it and stuff. But they all right. kind of work together. Um, but yeah, it's really cool. It, it's, it's, it's a super, super fun set. Um, but yeah, over I, man, I, I really think just between... The tin and the the sets we've dropped and the structured decks like it's been it's been a really good year for you yeah there's like i said some of the side sets have been hit or miss some of them have been really good some have been really bad um but for the most part i think in terms of physical cards for Yu-Gi-Oh, like that has been amazing for the game um i don't know when you want to talk about master duel but we can well in in a second because i'm gonna gonna, (laughs) i'm gonna put you on the spot here and i'm gonna provide what i would imagine if i were the audience here would be a question on my mind about about that is a very it's a very positive take which i'm not doubting at all but i do know that for a little bit there was a little meme floating around the tcg community uh towards Uh, the end of the year of a of a high level match between two players (laughs) playing a current uh tier high tier deck i'm not going to try and put a number on it but a high tier deck that involved um a lot of hand traps and milling and literally like nothing happening (laughs) yeah yeah how how is that is is that is that (laughs) what what's going on with that i guess sure 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 so uh so Yu-Gi-Oh right now um and there's there's been a little bit of a shake-up to it so like i said the last couple core sets that have come out have really just it's (laughs) In a way, it's power creep, sort of out power creeping the other decks. Um, but 
there's a deck that we we are currently in what we consider a tier zero Yu-Gi-Oh format. There is what more more people would say is kind of an undefined or un, you know uh, undefined best deck or uh, uh, a best deck of the format, so to say. Um, that deck involves some milling aspects to it, and then cards that trigger when they go to the graveyard due to that milling effect. And so, yeah. your cards also tend to mill your opponent's deck. And so when they are also playing the same deck, it does, there's a lot of uh, chain building and a lot of uh, interactions in terms of, of that. And so there, <laughs> the meme going around is like, I, I, I don't know if you're talking about the same one, but there's like a picture of two players playing and there's like a hundred cards on the table. And like, it's just people like, what is going on in this game? <laughs> like, yeah. What is actually happening? Um, I know that the meme to picture itself is a little bit over-exaggerated. There's a little bit of Photoshop happening in it, <laughs> <Sure>. but, <laughs> but for the most part, yeah, there was, there was some, some games caught on camera where, you know, it, when you're milling cards and you're building chains, some people like to fan their graveyards out so they can kind of see all of the cards that are in play and in action. And so when players don't really pay attention to what's, currently on their field and they found their graveyard out, you know, they're kind of overlapping a lot of different things, but, um, but yeah, that, that, <laughs> that is, that is a meme of the format. We also had a card that was just recently added to the forbidden list. That was um, a card where there was a meme about it because two players who were playing in a high level game passed back and forth between each other like 18 times because <laughs> they couldn't do anything. Yeah. Uh, because of this card, this card that's called <laughs> Mystic Mine, and it's it was it was a card that a lot of people wanted to see go, but a lot of casual players really liked it because it punished people for overextending sure. and really kind of putting the lock on the game. Um, and so you could have turns where you were just passing, waiting for your opponent to deck out because they committed everything and they can't get rid of this one card. <laughs> like it's it's it, it was a little bit crazy. So like so it, yeah, so there's there's. It's sort of a it's sort of a tier zero. I would say with the latest kind of adjustment adjustments they made, um, they are are doing a pretty decent job of kind of countering that best deck. Um, you know, it's a mill deck, so they released uh, two cards that have been limited to one for years. They brought them back to three, um, and they're cards that say like when any card is going to go to the graveyard, it gets removed from play instead. Yeah, sure. And so they brought those back to three to kind of just counteract this this you know what's like happening macrocosmos and yep dimensional yeah. fissure dimensional yep. fissure yeah yeah yep. I, 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 yep. I can i can get them still a little bit yeah yeah, yeah. and then uh and there was a hand trap monster too called dimensional shifter that was mm. literally if you didn't have any cards in your graveyard you could discard it during either player's turn and until your next the end of your next turn any card set to the graveyard is removed from play so nice. there is a, a bit of a surprise yeah. element to that card yeah. too um, yeah which is really good um so yeah, there, there, there's been a bit of that, but I would say with the recent tweaks to it and looking at the recent kind of high level events and regionals that have happened, um, other decks, there's, you know, we're kind of back to a, a three deck sort of uh, trifecta yeah. in the top, top competitive nature, but the Crystal B structure deck <clears throat> and the newly released Dark World structure deck, uh, Dark World's got revamped and re-released mm. re into the game and they're really good. Um you know, there's there's definitely, I think the start of this next year is really going to be interesting to see kind of how people have have uh, adapted, so to say. So um, uh, one more thing, I'm going to push. That yeah. is very interesting, <clears throat> um, just to like hear about, you know, like 
obviously it's sometimes sometimes tier zero decks happen in like every tcg yeah. it's just like we we were talking about your yeah. your stint in magic playing in mirror yeah. it's like it just it happens sometimes and no yeah. tcg is immune yeah. to it right but like yeah. um it's good yeah. to hear that you know there's some there's being some some responses happening yeah. to to try and take care of that um you yeah. did mention that you know the last two sets shook up the format pretty pretty significantly one mm-hmm. thing I'm, I was always a little worried about with Yu-Gi-Oh! And, and because they have this very, like, archetypal de- set design where you, mm-hmm. every set's like, here's, you know, four new decks that you can play. Yeah. And, like, a couple support yeah. cards for some older stuff. So, like, the, those, yeah. it does happen, for sure. But, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it tends to sort of lead people towards just, like, the new set has the latest best thing. Sure. And that's, like, the new best deck. And then the next set comes out and, like throw the old deck away, you know, here's the new sure. one and, and sure. stuff. Sure. Um, are you, do you feel like you're seeing that or, or are they doing a pretty good job of like, even you're saying it's shaking up the format, but like, I guess I could just see a listener hearing that, you know, sure. in a negative light rather than a positive sure. light because of that. Sure. Um, you know, I think, so I guess, yeah. So that comes down to, um, you know, whether or not to invest in a deck because you're worried that it'll get, you know, hit by some limited list or forbidden list. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's definitely, I think they've gotten better. Konami as a whole has gotten better about more or less giving decks a decent amount of time to run, Mm -hmm. but indirectly hitting them. So in the case of this deck that mills a bunch, releasing cards that are good counters to those decks. So rather than, you know, annihilating the, the money that you've put into a deck, here they are giving other people a chance to play against that deck, but you're not losing any cards of it. It's not really killing your deck. It's just making you have to play it a little bit differently. Yeah. A lot like you just said, how they, they brought Macrocosmos and Fissure yeah. back. It's like, it's a way to like, here's, you can fight against this and this is a thing yeah. you can do. You don't have to just like, yeah. other, you know, the, it might've been at some point in Konami's history, the response might've just been to like ban a particular monster, like decks dead mm-hmm. now or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the the thing I always like to talk to people about who 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 are have a sort of a, a take umbrage with that sort of system yeah. is that um, a lot of for a lot of TCGs um, there there is a growing issue as a game gets older with players' ability to get into it um, yeah. because. Yeah. If you take any TCG that has like uh like let's imagine the most extreme scenario, it has it's a TCG that has no reprints, it just do, it just doesn't reprint cards, mm-hmm. period, and it yeah. has no rotation, so everything's yeah. legal all the time. <laughs> and true. then also that TCG is not is trying really hard not to power creep things, right? Yeah. Is a, those three factors together basically mean that if if you give that TCG a few years. If you want to buy a, a deck that's top tier, you're buying cards that have been out of print for three years and yeah. and they're super powerful, like whatever, like every set's going to have a few cards that are like the most powerful. Anything relatively staple-ish is now like a $50, $100 card or whatever that you have to right. buy. Um, right. So every TCG has to do some mix of the above right. things in right. some way yeah. to to allow people to keep playing for a long mm-hmm. time and and. And this has caused a lot of TCG players to like, because it's, this is the most heavy handed method, but it's what magic did for many years to stay relevant was they just had a rotation. It was like, yeah. okay, your set is these, this set is good for the next two years. Then it's gone. Then you, you, yeah. you have to play it in older formats now or whatever. Um, and a lot of players would, you know, took like, they, they didn't like that idea. They didn't like a, a card just having an expiration date on it. Mm-hmm. Um, Yu-Gi-Oh never did that, but mm-hmm. what Yu-Gi-Oh tended to do instead was uh, through a mix of forbidden limited lists 
And mm -hmm. I think through this just archetypal set design, mm -hmm. it's a it's a hidden expiration date on your cards to some degree. It's not, and it's not even a hard sure. expiration date, but it's just sure. saying that like sure. after a period of time, some of these cards might end up being limited, forbidden to lower the power of things. And also yeah. there's just going to be something that's maybe a little more relevant for you to play. Right. But I would guess yeah. that for the majority of Yu-Gi-Oh's lifespan, the majority of decks you play have around the same lifespan um, being a competitive, like meta relevant deck as mm -hmm. A standard magic deck was if sure, not more sure. in some cases sure sure no i think i agree with that i i think um in terms of yeah it, and and you know power creep is obviously a big thing i mean that's that's just that's that's happening and you know you look back on decks from three four years ago and they're just they just don't hold up to to the yeah. to the pace that the game is going at and that's a lot of that, that's something that a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh players, you know, even older, you know, players like myself have said is a little bit problematic is, is the pace of the game is so, <clears throat> it's so fast now. It's, it's very similar to how we were talking, you were talking about Pokemon and how it's like a haymaker type of play. You know, you're really building up to try and do kind of one big push. Mm -hmm. Yu-Gi-Oh is not, you know, you know, 10 turns or more usually anymore. It's, it's really down to, I would say in a, in a really good game, um, you're probably looking at three to four turns for each player. Yeah, um, you know, maybe six to eight turns total, um, and the game's probably done by then. Um, and that, you know, looking back at you know the early days of Yu-Gi-Oh, it was you had so many more turns than that. It was <laughs> grind kind of sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I think I agree that that it's you know the the, the archetypes themselves do start to kind of fall out and just get outpaced by other things. Um, Yu-Gi-Oh! or Konami has been doing something really well over the last, I think, I want to say five to six years. And they've been giving new life into old archetypes. They've really yes. been breathing new life into them and really trying to make them relevant and fun again for people. Um, you know, Crystal Beast kind of being one of them. You know? I love it. I love it. I, I never would have expected. I I thought that was just, a, it was gone. It was forgotten yeah. archetype. I think yep. a lot of people did. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Uh, and Dark World, again, is another one. Yeah, that's um, a classic that really, one, too. That they really did. Um, they brought back, uh, it, it wasn't great, but they brought back like an ice barrier structure deck. Mm. So, you know, some of the ice barrier monsters. And they've done some things with Cyber Dragon and uh, the Cyber Dark monsters. Um, they did a really cool mashup structure deck with them. That three of those together were just like really good. Um, and I saw there's, a, there's like a Trap Tricks one coming out yeah, too. It's coming coming up, I think, uh, early next year. Yeah. So they're going to be really pumping some support into that. Um, but yeah, they've really, and, and in core sets themselves, um, there was one this year called Battle of Chaos, um, where it really kind of reintroduced and reflavored a lot of Yugi's Dark Magician type of mm, cards. Um, there's right. some new dragons in there. There's some, you know, really things that people remember from the anime um, that kind of revamp and breathe new life into these decks. And it's it's been something they've been doing for the last, you know, handful of years that has been a lot of fun to watch. It's It's really just nice being able to go like, Oh man, I remember that deck. Like, yeah, let's yeah. let's let's get back into that. And generally, they'll reprint, you know, a structured deck, or they'll reprint, you know, some sort of side sets that reprint those cards because, again, they haven't been printed for so long. 
you know, that they're, that they're out of print by now. Um, and so it's good to see those reprinted with updated text to make them easier to understand and follow. Um, and coming up in 2023, it's, they're doing this 25th anniversary, uh, kind of thing uh, for Yu-Gi-Oh! I was excited to talk this? about this. Okay, we don't have to go it. into it. Yeah, we can, we, we, we can pause if you want to talk about it after. No, just go ahead. You know what? It's part of the convo right now. <laughs> sure. So, so they're actually re-releasing the first five, I think it's the first five, uh, booster sets of Yu-Gi-Oh! from Legend of Blue Eyes through Invasion of Chaos. It's that, um, yeah, yeah. It's that's the first four plus Invasion of Chaos, right? Because like it's 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 Blue yeah. Eyes Raiders Spell Ruler Pharaoh Servant. The next set after that was, I believe, Legacy of Darkness, right? And oh then, yeah. And I then you had so. you so. had uh, I don't know whatever. But then yeah, then yeah. They, so it's the first four sets, and then yeah. as we were talking about earlier, the first like real power creep set yeah. Invasion of Chaos in there yeah. too. Yeah, and so it'll be interesting to see those cards, you know, uh, just it, it, it's it's cool to see because I think a lot of people have compared this to the, the <laughs> it's sort of like a counter move to what Wizards of the Coast just recently did with their $1,000 uh, proxy system. Oh. <laughs> There's a two hour, 45 minute podcast if any okay. listener is interested. Yeah. <laughs> it was, there was a yeah. lot to talk about. Yeah, yeah. And so some yeah. people have seen this as like an interesting counter to that of like, hey, we're just releasing the re-releasing the first five sets again. Like, have fun. But I, obviously there's there's still some collector's aspect to the original cards themselves, you know what I mean? So I don't think this will kill the the, the market on them, so to say. But, I'm, I'm going to say that I have no interest whatsoever in paying the amount of money Wizards wants for their proxies. <laughs> <laughs> but I I am very likely going to pick up some of these nostalgia packs yeah, just because yeah. like I I don't think I could help myself, dude. Like that's yeah. just so cool. It's, you see Legends know. of Blue Eyes on the shelf at your local shop, and you're like, oh, yeah. what? <laughs> I'm not even going to do anything with them. I just want <laughs> like I just, just want them. them. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm going to buy a box of each and just keep them keep them sealed yeah. just because they're cool collectors items for sure. Uh, but yeah, but that's so yeah, seeing them kind of breathe new life into old archetypes and then doing things like this, where they're just like out of the blue, like, Hey, by the way, they're re-releasing the first, you know, four or five sets, like have fun. Like, it's just, yeah, I think I, I, yeah. 2022 as a whole, I think has been pretty in terms of news and in terms of just cards themselves has been, has been great for, for the game. That's, that's really good to hear. Um, and as we mentioned earlier, master duel was yes. Konami's big digital release this year. Mm -hmm. So, Aaron, why don't you why don't you lead the way? How you know how how has Master Duel affected the game? Okay, so Master Duel kinda came out of nowhere. Like we right? wanted for we wanted for so long, so long to have a real time version of the game that we can play digitally. That it's not an arcade game. It's not a Switch game. It's not yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh's had infinite of these these just like snapshot games of like okay here's here's like a bunch like a lot of the cards that were available yeah. in Yu-Gi-Oh at this mm -hmm. like at the time we made this game and then yeah, yeah you know yeah. and then there's some like campaign tacked on or whatever like yeah. I, like again I, I I play some of those some I play the old GBA ones because I just I yeah. love I, I love that <laughs> yeah, but like yeah, yeah, yeah. um but yeah they never had they're the only game of the big three that didn't have 
the an online client built at this point. Arena yeah. and Pokemon TCG Online, now Pokemon TCG Live, have existed yeah. for a long, a, a long yeah. Arena for less long, but Pokemon for forever. Yeah. Arena yeah. for a while now, and yeah. and Yu Gi Oh yeah. just didn't have anything that yeah. did that same thing. Right, right, and so that was. I mean, that's huge because again, yeah, we've gotten the Switch games, we've gotten the Game Boy Advance games, and there was a Switch game that came out probably it was like 2019, I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, it's called and, like Power of the Duelist or something like that. Legacy yeah, of the Duelist. Yeah, yeah. I don't Legacy know. I, the I probably Duelist, just, yeah. there's like a mixing yeah, yeah. of set names with the, yeah, <laughs> the yeah, game yeah, name. Yeah, I don't 100%. know. <laughs> yeah, I think it's Legacy of the Duelist, and uh, that was like it came out, and I was like, oh man, this could be their time to really like push updates into a game and kind of yeah. make it relevant more or less, and that's something we wanted for so long. And then they didn't. It's yeah. like here's a specific. Here's, you know, the rules are never going to change. The, the updated game mechanics or whatever will never change with that game now. They're just what they are in that particular period of time. And then, yeah, like I think right around to the end of the year, they were teasing like an upcoming, you know, uh, a digital platform. And then, yeah, the, the bombshell that was Master Duel, which is, oh, man, it's really, really, I, I, I love it a lot. Um, I There's there's some things about it that I, I hope that they – fix in the future so to say or add in the future mm-hmm. i would say um but the fact that this game came out and now is available to anybody who you know has a any sort of like mobile device you know really or a computer or xbox or whatever um the fact that that there's a live version of the game that you can play against other people and they're going to actively support it release cards you know there's obviously there's a bit of a, a, a you know you can pay to have a little bit more flair in the game or buy your gems, but it's, you can do free to play in the game and do just fine. Like, it's great. You can, you know, uh, I was impressed with the economy. I, I jumped in, I put zero money into it. Um, mm-hmm. and I just played through some of the basic, I don't know, yeah. just like campaign stuff or whatever. And yeah. then I just like dusted a bunch of cards. And then yeah. I built at the time when I started playing, I built the virtual worlds deck because that was sure. one of the better ones. And, and yeah. it looked insane. And like, I yeah. just wanted to experience it. So I yeah. put that together in it. And it was, it was very hard to figure out what I was doing yeah. for a few games. <laughs> That's a tough deck. I'm surprised you went with that right off the bat. Oh, that deck it just, is, the reason I cool. did was because it did a bunch of, uh, it did a bunch of Xyz summoning. And that yeah. was the last thing I knew. I was like, I'm going to sure. do something that does what I know. And of sure, course sure. it, it ended up putting me in this giant rabbit hole of like, I have to learn a bunch of Chinese names for things that like all sure, trigger sure. off of doing different things sure, and bring sure. someone else out. And yeah, yeah, yeah it was a mess. Ping Long and Lao Lao and all that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, no. So like, the fact that, yeah, and, and here the coolest thing that I that I really love about Master Duel, the Master Platform, is the amount of new players it has brought into the game locally. Um, we've probably oh, really? had, we've probably had, I want to say, because the game just dropped this year, we've probably had, and this might not seem like a lot, but it is a lot, we've probably had five brand new players come into the game because of Master Duel, and now they're just like, they're in it. Yeah. They're like part of part of the local scene now. They're playing, you know, com- other competitive decks. And um, you know, it's it's it it's really cool to see what it's doing. And the number of people that we talked to at Comic Con as well who are like, hey, like I, I want to check this out because I, I checked on Master Duel and being able to sit down and play like physical card game cards with them and show them some of the other platforms that are out there or other uh, digital digital titles. Um it, it's just yeah, it's crazy. Like I, I think they knew that this would be, this is what it would do, 
you know, is, is kind of bring people back into the game or bring new players into the game. Um, and the, yeah, some of these people who, who are now in and have been like, yeah, I've been a Yu-Gi-Oh fan for, you know, 10 plus years and just never really wanted to, you know, come try a, a local out, but master duel did it for me. Like it's, it's yeah, really that's awesome. It's so cool. It's so did- cool. Do you think, do you, so you were just, I think you were just hinting at this, but do you think there was some, some like very intentional, uh, product design this year, assuming that they were, they were getting in new players from Master Duel? Cause you mentioned they, you know, these structure decks with like mm-hmm. old themes that are, that are quite good. And then I also, it caught my attention that you mentioned that the, uh, uh, Battle of Chaos set in particular was yeah. like kind of leaning on these, you know, nostalgic themes as well. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that was like I, planned? I, I have to think that there was a bit of planning in, in regards to that. You know, it's, it's, it, you know, us who don't work for the company, you know, we're not sure how, how speculation, yeah, how, how far, you know, forward or backwards their, their, their vision goes with, with the game. But I think that, you know, knowing that there'd be new players coming into the game because of Master Duel and the fact that they're releasing structure decks that are not only, not only like, really good in terms of of power level but also like not overly complicated also helps so it's you know people who've been playing master duel who you know there's such a wide gamut of 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 decks you can build in that in that game but a lot of the new players who we saw come into into locals to start playing we're playing some of like the the trap heavy decks you know a lot of the stall kind of like really anti-meta kind of stuff um, which was cool. Like I still love seeing it, but a lot of the older veteran players were like, ah, this person's playing this skill drain deck again. Like, I don't want to play against them, you know, but it was like, sure. you know, these are new players. Like, you know, this is so cool. Like, like give them a chance to really, you know, breathe in what the local scene is all about. Um, and yeah, I, I just, I really think that that master duel released and then the sets we've had leading into this year, it's just made it. It's just made it a really good year for Yu-Gi-Oh. I think uh, as as a new player, I think this was a, a great year to get into it. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to make sure we have enough time to talk about anything here that needs talking about. So, sure. like, um, my well, my first question that I want to make sure we talk about is because uh, this has come up in basically every single episode of Look Back so far. Twenty twenty two was kind of our first year where we were feeling in general, and this isn't the case in every area. Um, and we keep seeing more news reports of, of the snobbing case, but we're, we're starting to kind of put the pandemic in our rear view mirror a little bit. Um, so how, how has Yu-Gi-Oh been, uh, in 2022, how, how have they been sort of responding to that, that change bringing back in-person events? Has that been going well? And, and is like, was, how how did how did the pandemic in general sort of affect everything prior to the start of the year? Yeah, I mean, you know, <clears throat> Yu-Gi-Oh went online during the pandemic. They went to remote duels, yep. um, which were honestly like I really wish that we would have gotten like our local scene. We would have kind of picked up on them a little bit sooner than we did. We got into them like right kind of I want to say like October November of 2020 is when we started started running those tournaments 
Um, and, you know, back as far as you could start doing the back as in like May, I think is when Konami kind of started to, to, to bring that idea to life. Um, and we had pretty good success with that. You know, I, I manage a, a, a Discord for the Fargo area. Um, I think you're, you you joined it uh, possibly. Yeah, recently, I popped I it just to keep an eye yeah, on yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, you know, that, that really exploded because I, we kept a pretty local base to start with. Um, and then, you know, I, I was like, you know, I think we got to open this up to, to the rest of, you know, the rest of the uh, world, so to say, um, the server itself, you know, I was mm-hmm. trying to keep it really local, but, you know, we, not a lot of local players are really into the, the, the webcam playing version of the game. And so I opened it up uh to to the rest of the world and we've got uh, it's like 1400 members in there or something like that and yeah we get people who, who play we don't we're kind of slow we've slowed down a lot on those but uh, because in person play is back um but we had a period of time where we were firing off three to four events a week um you know eight plus players in each one um, you know, we were running, you know, Konami reached out to a lot of stores to see if they'd run, like, uh, they wanted to run a remote dual YCS, a championship series event. And the first one they wanted to run, they didn't know how many people would join it. So they reached out to a couple different shops and were like, Hey, we want to break it up into like four different, uh, servers for players to play on. And then for day two, they'll all go into one main server. Um, so everybody would play out their matches in, in these separate servers. And we got picked as one of the, the servers to do that, which is That's really awesome. Cool. Um, and so, yeah. And so, uh, you know, yeah, 2021, uh, you know, they, I can't remember when in 2021 it was that in-person play was allowed to kind of start coming back. It was late 2021 though. Yep. Um, I think that was what it was for a lot of, a lot of games. I don't even think some of them didn't even come back then. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> some yeah. of them, it like, it was really the tail end of 2021 for, especially some of the games that were just trying to kind of get started right yeah. when the pandemic was hitting, you know, like, again, we talked about my, my hero academia, the, yeah. the was, was sort of, it's a, a fresh take on universes at that or UFS mm-hmm. on that point. And, mm-hmm. and that, that really got hit hard, like with a, yeah. a loss of momentum dealing with the yeah. pandemic. And when they yeah. finally started getting things together, it was already like late 2021. And, and yeah. so events, they, they're just like, they couldn't, they wanted to have a launch at a big con, but you just like literally couldn't do it until right. like 2022, if I or very right. late 2021. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so we, we came back to in, in, in store play and uh, I mean, I think people were excited for that. So, you know, it kind of got, we, we started firing off tournaments. I mean, there was a pretty, pretty decent, a decent turnout, I would say to kind of get people to come back. I mean, Konami had a, a, a you know, mask wearing uh, policy in effect for, um, for all tournaments for um at, at, even on the local level for i can't remember how far into 2022 we got um and then they they allowed it to kind of shift to your local region your city sure. your state however they were doing it uh, but all of their tier two and up events so regionals and anything above that still to this day have uh strict mask wearing policies for um for tournament play um you know it was i will say the first big event that I went to in 2022 uh, to judge, uh, I'm trying to remember what it was. It was March or April, I think, is when we had our first like kind of in-person YCS back. Um, it was a little bit overwhelming, like being that isolated for so long. And, yeah, I know what you and, mean. And just really being like 
you know, worried about what you might, you know, catch and, and whatnot. Yeah. Seeing that many people in one venue, one room was very much like, whew, like it's been a while since I've had to do this. And, yeah. you know, you're a little bit, there's a little bit of, you know, worry there on like, you know, but Konami was, was pretty good about, you know, you know, mask wearing and they had, you know, obviously had hand sanitizer everywhere. And, um, you know, they made sure that the judges were really, you know, doing their part to try and kind of, you know, maintain that, that, that safety, so to say, um, to make sure, you know, people had their masks up and, and, you know, we had little bottles of hand sanitizer with us at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we've, we've had, I don't know how many large events this year, but they've all been really well attended. There hasn't really been, you know, there hasn't been any need for like a catch up, so to say, if that makes sense. You know, it feels like, you know, once things kind of came back, everybody was like, oh, thank God we get to like play cards with other people, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that kind of answers your, your question. No, that, that does. That's, I mean, I think that's exactly, that's exactly the take I wanted to get. Just, just, mm-hmm. Where, where are things at? Because every game really has been at sort of a different, a different level. And, and I guess I, so I don't look at the numbers, um, but has, you know, are these, are these in-person events? Are they, are they about the same in attendance, lower in attendance prior to the pandemic, higher in attendance? Like how, you know, how are things looking? I think they're about the same. Um, I think there, I don't think there's been really much of a dip. Um, I know that, uh, in a couple of cases, attendances have been better in certain areas than, than they were in the past. Um, I think, I really think that, you know, Master Duel, again, you know, yeah. bringing new people into the game really helped too. Um, and Konami has done just like a phenomenal job lately of making side events at their, at their bigger events worth playing in. Like, I'm not kidding when I say there are some side events that are more worth playing in than the main event because the prizing for that side event is better than the main event. Like, and then usually the competition's less fierce in that too. Yeah. 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 There's, yeah, there's still, you know, there's still obviously, you know, competitive mindset, but of course. all of the main competitive players are, are over there in the, the other room playing in the main event. And so it yeah. kind of, yeah, it's, it's crazy when you can get like, they've been really having a lot of fun with uncut sheets. Of I cards. love them. You know, and they do, they do. Unc- I don't know if you've seen what a starlight rare looks like. I have, do. I've seen so those. They, they do uncut sheets of starlight rares that go, you know, people, you know, there's stores and stuff that'll buy those off of people for five grand, you know yeah. what I mean? Depending on the starlights in it. And so like when you win the main event, you're getting a trophy and you're getting a prize card that maybe prize card will fetch you anywhere from one to 2000, but you get like a PS five or an Xbox with it. And like, that's it. You know what I yeah. mean? But you look at the side event where you're able to possibly win something like that. And they, they do those giant cards too. You know, yeah. like I, 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 yeah, it's, they've been doing really, really well at pulling people in for those. So like you, you'll see a lot of Sundays for, for, for those big events. Sundays are just that side event area is just packed with, you know, people wanting to, to really get in on some of those, those cool events. I believe that I, I would be playing for the uncut sheets also. Um, I remember when I was, when I was playing you, I want to ask if this is still the case, but those prize cards that you get for performing well, are those, are those still like unique cards that you only have access to until they decide to reprint them? They are. Yep. Yep. So they're, they're, they're prize cards for generally, I want to say two ish years. 
before a reprint comes along in a wow. set that reprints it before they like they'll cycle it out for a new one and then they'll put it into like some sort of reprint set not all of them have had that though there's still a couple of prize cards that we haven't seen reprinted really? in the tcg that really? are likely yeah that are likely due to um likely due to the way they're worded or um i'll just say there's one called blood me fist um that is a prize card from quite a while back that has not seen a reprint and people aren't entirely sure why there's speculation that blood is in the name and so they can't yeah. reprint it or or you know there's artwork some sort of artwork uh, copyright behind it or stuff to say but there yeah there's i think that one I'm trying to remember if there's another one can't remember one off the top of my head, but that's the big one that people refer to when they're like, oh, when are we going to ever see that card uh, sure. printed in the TCG? So, so um, that, that card is worth a lot of money. <laughs> I believe that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that 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 um, that system can sometimes rub people the wrong way a little bit. Yes. Um, it, it depends on how competitive those cards are. Are they are do you do you yeah. see do you still see people? Because I remember when I was playing and there was like there's like a giant hand and stuff and yeah. the these uh these Xyz monsters that like yeah. sometimes having one of those in your extra deck was like a tool that other people didn't yeah. have access to that could be exactly. really useful in, in the right scenario. Yeah. Is that do you still see that or is that are they still giving these people a pretty significant advantage or no, no. So they're they're more unique in nature now, um, in terms of like what they do. Like the newest one is actually a vanilla monster. Um, oh. it's called it's called another verse dragon um but it's a vanilla monster that's like it's typing and its stats fall into range with a lot of unique cards that can work with it like it's a dragon it's a light it's got okay. certain stats that are you know maybe similar to blue eyes i don't remember off the top but like so it can be searched in a lot of different ways but it's sure. also like a tuner monster and so it's like these interesting things that you don't see with some other monsters because there are cards in the, name of the game that could maybe make it really good but it's mm -hmm. kind of a toss-up as to whether or not it is but they after so yeah giant giant hand was one minerva the light sworn uh, monster was a huge one uh, yeah that one that, that, <laughs> i remember that that yeah. that's kind of that's kind of bs to be putting the light sworn yeah. like boss uh, xyz monster there. yeah 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 100 <laughs> a lot of people were very frustrated with that but they yeah and and they've stopped doing that because i think they they should have stopped doing it after Crush Card Virus, one of their very first cards that, yes. ever, that was ever written that way, because there were actual people who won that card, would go to the next event, have that card in their deck, Crush and would card. win with that card. Like, yep. And they would give it to their teammates to play inside events to win more Crush Cards. And so like, it just became this, this, this cycle. But uh, there's, there hasn't been anything on that level that's been that good minerva was one a lot of people got mad about because it was a light sworn uh, right. archetype monster that was just really really good for that archetype um and people won with it you know because it was just kind of that good of a card so but they yeah i would say in the last handful of years you know the last two or three four cards haven't been on that level um yeah that's so. good. It's it's a tightrope, right? Because you you need them to be appealing and exciting. You you know you you're gonna if you're gonna put a well if you put a skull servant actually people would probably go nuts over it. But if you <laughs> if would. if you put some like dumb like Legend of Blue Eyes like like monster or whatever yeah. that isn't a skull servant specifically yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or a shape snatch. Yes, that's one yes, of your faves. You. That is one of my favorites. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, if you if you just put like a dumb thing nobody cares about, then people are like okay, well I'm just you know whatever I don't really care that much. Yeah. About that. 
Yeah, but, you got to um, think of the competitive mindset and whether or not it's it's. Yeah, you just got to make it worthwhile in some way that people still want to win it, you know. And I think the pandemic also, just a, real quick, the pandemic also really, really messed with the secondary market for almost every single card game, right? Yes. Yu-Gi-Oh, you know, prize cards and cards of of older nature are so much more expensive than they were in 2019. Like it's, it's actually crazy. Like I hate, I hate thinking back on the cards I got rid of in 2019 and what they were worth now, you know, know. it hurts. I can't do it. It actually just hurts so much, but yeah, there's, there's the, the collector. I think a lot more games have a higher collectors market to them now too. And so these prize cards that you can win in Yu-Gi-Oh while they may not be amazing, they still will fetch a good a good price, so there's yeah. a reason for winning them. Yeah, that's then yeah. that's good. I, I'm really happy to hear that. You know, one one thing you've done in this whole episode is just like mm-hmm. you've taken a lot of my preconceptions of how things definitely were in the past, mm-hmm. and and have assured me that things have. It does sound like things have improved a lot in some of the areas where I thought there were there was room for <laughs> improvement. Sure, sure. We'll sure. say. Sure. Um, and and I want to use our last little bit of time here um, to ask you if it, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot again. Tough question. All right. What areas do you see that you, there is still room for improvement in things that happened in 2022 or hurdles that that have been encountered? Anything that has been a little less than stellar? Um, do you have anything you can name off the top of your head? Um, you know, I I think so. One thing that Yu-Gi-Oh really has let it's not just the 2022 thing but it's something that i've just kind of realized over the last year more and more is is their local level um events um while there are some there's some that have gotten better there's a lot of room for improvement in terms of like sneak previews that mm-hmm. they do for Yu-Gi-Oh, sneak peeks as they like to call them um those are things where back in the day you used to be able to go in and buy your packs and do like you know a sealed tournament and and you'd win more packs based on you know how well you did in that that's not a thing anymore um you know it's just basically go in now you can buy up to a booster box worth of product on sneak peek day instead of just five packs um you know get your promo card and then that's it like there's no tournament that you really do we can still run tournaments but there's no extra incentive to it um to to really do that and so i think like maybe making those a little bit better um but in terms of just 2022 things that have kind of feel like they've maybe needed improvement, um, I honestly can't think of a lot. I think 2022 was just a really solid year. I think their their side sets that they do outside of their core sets, um, some of them are really good and some of them are just just not great at all. If you go on TCG Player and you look up the set. Um, legendary duelist duels from the deep it's one of the worst sets that has ever been like like (laughs) it it actually had a ghost rare card in it Yu-Gi-Oh started reintroducing sets that had ghost rare cards in them and those were printed so long ago they stopped printing those for yeah i remember them so yeah (laughs) and they brought them back within the last you know year or two here they started reprinting them in these random side sets and that set the ghost rare card of it was like worth like $20 or $25. Like they, it's, it's just, it doesn't have the, you know, ghost rares. Now, if you look at older ones are all 
hundred plus dollar cards and they they i don't know what happened with that one but they the the set as a whole was just it just flopped so bad um and to the point where it came out that set came out in june um of this year and both a lot of the shops who who hold the Yu-Gi-Oh product are still sitting on cases of that product. Yeah. Um, and you pretty much every core set that has come out in the last couple of years sells out within the first two, maybe three months at most. Like they're just gone. They're just off the shelves. You know, they, they just don't get them. They can't even get them in anymore because they're just sold out. But that set really just. They, I think they kind of need to rethink their their some of their modeling on on what makes a core set or a, a, a side set worth like worth buying because um, they they knocked it out of the park with a couple of them and then they released that one and people were just like what like what is <laughs> what is this it's a Mako tsunami set Mako's popular with a lot of people so I think they thought the nostalgia factor would really just like drive home the set and it just it didn't do just didn't do anything. Sure. Yeah. That, I mean, I, I can definitely see that. And it's, you're also kind of bringing up that I, I wanted to mention that there's Yu-Gi-Oh had, what is this? Eight booster set releases this year, counting main and side sets. Look at grand yeah. creators through uh crystal revenge. We have yes. eight total booster sets to buy yes. along with structure decks, tins. tins yeah. Um, I don't know <laughs> if they had any speed duel products. It looks yeah, like yeah, there's some speed duel, duel things. products. Yeah. Um, yep. How do you feel about the the release rate in 2022? Is this is this do you is this you know you can keep up with it? It's not too yeah. bad, or is this kind of fast? So, I think I I do think they need to tone back a little bit in terms of the number of sets that they're dropping. Um, it's hard it's hard for a lot of people to keep up with, uh, just because. I mean, again, it, the sets are so hit or miss sometimes that you don't know really what you're getting into when you when you go and buy, you know, when you go and buy it, the the set itself. Which there's got to be an element of surprise to it, you know, obviously. Um, but I think in terms of quantity, the years have picked up. There's a lot of product being dumped out, and the downside too is is with supply chain issues, you run into issue, you run into sometimes where sets will get pushed back or get delayed releases. And then all of a sudden you have three releases of different sets within five months right. or four months. And you're like, holy smokes, this is so much product to try and consume or absorb that that it just doesn't seem reasonable to, to, to have to put up with. And I think I think some games, so like the defense that Magic is using, and we, we all have our own opinions on whether or not we buy this at all, but the defense that like Wizards is using about Magic is that like is that they they have a, such a wide variety of different players for their game that you don't yeah. not every release is supposed to be for you. So you're not supposed mm-hmm. to be you're not you're not supposed to be mm-hmm. buying everything, darn it. You should sure. <laughs> stay at home, sure. save your money sure. or something. I'm sure. not whatever that you know, and sure. then like I mean to the, to their credit, they have an extremely large divide between the a particular like fairly large set of casual commander players and then they're like competitive standard players who are all playing arena and they're competitive <laughs> um you know modern players and and pioneer yeah. players and the legacy players and the, yeah, you know so like yeah. Yeah. but Yu-Gi-Oh I feel like you like you said there you know there there are like are you playing more competitive less competitive and they have speed duel which is a which is a unique right. format in its own way yep. too but like a lot of the time, you know, like all of these products, I assume all of these packs may may have have had the potential to have something for 
basically every player. Right. 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 And, and it's, so it can be really tough. It's, you can't really hide behind that shield here, right? Of, of like, well, right. you didn't need to buy all eight sets. Like, well, right. it, but if there was something like important, if there's another like Ash Blossom or something in that set, you know, like I, I kind of needed yeah. to be able yeah. to have it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and that that's that's that actually is, is a good point. That's kind of re, re, reframing in my mind about these. So these side sets, a lot of them are, some of them are catered towards casual players, but what they'll do is they'll throw in, they've had a lot of fun re-releasing older cards and new rarities, okay? Mm, yeah. So the, um, the, the Crystal Revenge set, I think it's the Crystal Revenge set, there's one that also just came out called Magnificent Mavens. Um, so there's been even more sets released. Oh, than I missed what we that. Yep, that's not even about. on my list here. Oh, um, no. I think it's it's okay. <laughs> I think it's in the I think it's in the other section. Yeah, yeah. It's oh there's, good. There's yeah. Other I, 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 <laughs> yeah, by the way, yeah. I hate the Yu-Gi-Oh products section <laughs> yeah, on their no, website. I know. I know it's awful. It's awful. Um, but so yeah, so they they released this thing called Magnificent Mavens where it was a box set and you got um, there. Were random packs in it but you also got sleeves in it which was kind of cool from these six different archetypes um which was really cool um but yeah it's actually the crystal revenge set that i'm thinking of they released exodia we released exodia in starlight rare oh yeah i've seen those okay and so it looks gorgeous but to the competitive player looking at that set like there's not a ton in there for 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 them but who wants to pass up the opportunity to to get starlight exodia like it just looks so cool you know what i mean like yeah. and it's such a retro card that who who doesn't want it but um but they they do that with these side sets as they re-release <clears throat> older cards or even sometimes um staple cards or staple quote-unquote uh cards that have um brand new rarities or upgraded rarities that are just draws it's they can't even use that argument that magic's trying to use that not everything's for you because they want you to buy it to get the better the better you know the more shiny version of a card you might already be playing like there's right there it's like they're intentionally seeding these sets with things that you will want anyway (laughs) and like from a business standpoint like obviously like that's the thing to do but then the, the whole the whole crux of the argument here is like whether or not um the players are benefiting from this many set releases. Right. If everyone is being targeted at them purchasing it. And, and, you know, I think, I think this is a case where we can, we can look at it and say, you know, there's there, it may be the case that this is maybe a little too much to kind Mm -hmm. of try and, and encourage the players to every, every player to pick up, you know? (laughs) Right. Which is just a, I I don't know if we were going to get into it, uh, but I know we're, we're a little short on time is, uh, um speed duel with you yes um well, so go ahead that, and... yeah so that's that's one of the things that i've really gotten into i'm like so speed duel for those who aren't aware is like a if you've ever played the mobile game for Yu-Gi-Oh called dual links i played speed a little of that the, a, speed duel is the paper form version of that game the the, cool. the card pool is different um but the the skill cards you get to use and and the the, the three zones three monster zones three spell and trap zones you know, it, it's it's a very condensed version of Yu-Gi-Oh. That's meant to be faster played. Um, you know, most of the games are done within like 20 minutes. Like it's it's meant to be a, a pretty fast-paced game. But I like that they that they they introduced this. Now this came out in 2019, I think it was. Um, but they really started pushing more product as we've come back to play, you know, uh, in person. Um, but having that 
version of the game have its own sets and its own releases and its own even its own tournament packs that you can get for playing in those events yeah. um, that are really just geared towards it. Now you can take any speed duel card that you have outside of skill cards and play them in normal Yu-Gi-Oh. You just can't do the reverse. So speed okay. duel cards have their own watermark on them. So you have to have that in order to play a speed duel uh, deck. Um, and so a lot of the sets that come out are geared towards that. They've been these like box sets where you can buy one and you win up to eight other friends. There's like eight pre-constructed decks inside of these things. And then they come with like a deck of just like random, uh, not really staples, but just random other cards you can throw into the decks. But these, uh, these big boxes they've been releasing are super cool because they're brand new cards but there's also reprints of cards and speed duels that you would consider staples. Um, are these, are these, but are, like the new cards that they're introducing are, is there any random element to them or is it just a one and done purchase? It's so it is. So they started, they started off doing like core sets for speed duels and then they leaned away. They've, they've leaned away from that now to where they're doing these box sets, these uh, battle city box sets or GX box sets. And those are, there's no, the only random element to those boxes is generally in each of the bigger boxes they release, there's 24 cards that can come as secret rare foiling other than just the commons that you get out of the box. So you get a pack of like eight random secret rare foiled cards from a pool of 24 other ones. Um, that's only random element to them. Otherwise, they're just generally buy one and be done. Now, you could buy two or three of them to have, you know, full sets of everything because they're generally one-off copies for a lot of a lot of them. Um, some of them come with duplicate copies of things. But um, if you wanted to, like, get into Speed Duels, you could buy three of these boxes and be good for the most yeah. part. Like, there's not a lot of filler you need, um, that, which is a lot of – it's a lot of fun. Yeah, that, that... – really strikes me as as one of the most player friendly models mm -hmm. we we've talked about this in the magic uh, um magic podcast too because the the magic released these warhammer 40k commander decks this year which yeah. were effectively like a, an entirely new set of commander focused cards except it was in a product where you could just purchase the four decks and you have every card and, sure, and commander sure. is a singleton format so yeah, yeah, that's yeah. all you had to do um, yeah. And and so uh, our our guest host um, Dana and I in that episode we agreed that this was probably like the highlight product of the year because um, now you, not every not every release in a TCG can do that because then you have an LCG model and when you have an LCG model you lose uh, you lose player interest really fast players right. players yeah. it's very important that players um, in a TCG sort of get psychologically invested in the it, 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 for better or worse it's important they get invested in the, in the yeah. sort of the purchasing scheme um yeah. the collecting and everything because it, it's it's an all-encompassing hobby in that way but right. having an alternate format where you have these singleton purchase products and so instead of having to keep up buying you have to buy booster boxes of this product for mm -hmm. this set or for this format you have to buy booster boxes of this product for this other format mm -hmm. you are able to just keep up by like picking up some boxes or whatever play on the side or make it your only way that you play that game right. engage with it i think that right. is that's a very player friendly way to do it and i i really right. appreciate that yeah yeah and so i think that's what a lot of people who are kind of thinking about dipping their toes in the game I try to have them stop by for, you know, a, a random speed duel tournament we're having. Cause I usually have 10 to 20 different decks built just because I just <laughs> buy all the stuff yeah. that comes out so that I can show people, you know, demo it for them. And it's, 
it's like especially older players who kind of are, are looking to maybe come back into the game i like them to try it out because it's very reminiscent of classic Yu-Gi-Oh in, in the sense that you have more than five turns like you're generally building and working towards you know a, a win over multiple turns and not just a one punch type of you know yeah uh, uh, be done with it type of deal so speed deal has been like one of my passions i really had a lot of fun i demoed that a lot at, at comic-con um and then um unless you had a specific question for speed duel i just want to touch really really quickly on time wizard formats for you go for it yeah so to the older players who left Yu-Gi-Oh um for whatever reason konami does has this sort of retro format type type of tournament that you can run called the time wizard format basically you you pick a specific point in time in Yu-Gi-Oh. you're like i want to play 2005 like I want to play with the April 2005 Forbidden Limited list, and here's the latest set you can play up to in that format. Which is for that it is Dark Beginnings too. It's Gold format is what's collectively called for Yu-Gi-Oh. So we can literally run a tournament where we tell people, this is the list we're using, the Forbidden Limited list. This is our, the only sets you can utilize. Reprints count, all that kind of stuff count. You know, you can you don't have to play with the the cards that have that set name on yeah, them. You know, you right. can play with reprints, of course, um, but. We do, you know, there's that, that has been such a also their side events that they do at bigger events. They do a lot of these time wizard formats. They do a the 2005 GOAT. They do a 2010, what they call Edison format, um, which was another really popular one. Um, it had like Gladiator Beasts and um, Light Sworn and uh, Black Wings. And, and a lot of those decks are really popular. Crystal in that Beasts. Crystal Beasts. Yeah, you can just Crystal Beasts. Original OG. Uh, yeah, let's go. Let's, yeah. Um, but that's been like a ton of fun too, because it's been a way sometimes when we run those tournaments here locally, we literally just have like older players who show up to just play in those because we can give away, you know, OTS packs, you know, our, our tournament packs and stuff, or, you know, they can get store credit or whatever to spend on whatever they want. But it, it's been a ton of fun just like seeing, especially a lot of newer players try and dabble in those older formats and kind of question like, how many turns is this going to take? Yeah, <laughs> that's got to be hilarious. You don't even know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's just, yeah, the Time Wizard stuff has been a ton of fun. And you can do, if you have a local player base that just wants to play like 2013 Yu-Gi-Oh, you can do that. Like you can set it up and do that. And 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 you can officially sanction those tournaments. Like it's, it's a ton of fun being able to bring those back because I – I like to play my retro formats, you know, and, and have a lot of fun just nostalgiaing over, you know, old combos and old cards and stuff. And yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's a ton of fun. So that's another way, like if you, if you're sitting on, you know, a, a 2010 Gladiator Beast deck that you did really well with, check out your local shop and see if they're doing time wizard formats and, <laughs> and see if they'll do some Edison. Like it's, it's, I think it's kind of a fun way to, to kind of pull the, the older players back in and, and maybe get them to, pick up some newer decks, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. Or, or maybe Speed Duel. I, I have to say, unfortunately, yeah. you've you've piqued my interest a little bit more about that format even after this discussion. So I, yes. if I if I ever can find the time, maybe I'll try and swing by and, and try yeah. one of your 40 decks or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going to start it back up Tuesday nights in January. So Oh, baby. And Saturdays we do them too as well. So yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have to take a look. I'll have to take a look at yeah. my calendar here. But yeah. Speaking of our, our schedule here, that um, Aaron, do you have any last parting shots for us before I, I uh, announce the end here? Uh, I don't think so. I, I, I really think if you're looking to give Yu-Gi-Oh a try, 
Um, you know, definitely do master duel. It's free to download. You don't have to put any money into it. It's, uh, it's, it, it's, you know, it's, it's a really good platform to learn the mechanics of the game. Um, and yeah, definitely, uh, you know, if you're in the Fargo area, um, feel free to hit me up on Facebook or, or wherever to, um, to, to come and try a tournament. I have plenty of decks to loan out and be more than happy to teach you. And if you happen to have learned how to play Yu-Gi-Oh from Aaron Thompson at uh, Comic-Con, then you <laughs> yeah. should put a shout out down in the comments. I'm curious yeah. to see if we can randomly yeah. like yeah. misconnection these two that'd things be, together that'd or cool. something. That'd, that'd be, be cool. awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, okay. So overall, 2022, a, uh, a great year for new players, especially yes. for Yu-Gi-Oh, which uh, with Master Duel and all these structure deck releases and Speed Duel releases sound really awesome. So um sounds like the game is is uh really coming back and hitting a, another good stride from the pandemic which is really great to hear because it's you know oh i've one more i'm sorry we have to mention the 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 very unfortunate event early this year but the passing of the creator of Yu-Gi-Oh. oh yeah yeah because so, yep. yeah yeah takahashi-san mm-hmm. passed away and from what we heard later on in the year it was like it sounded like he was attempting to rescue someone in the water. Yeah, yeah, that's like a, that's... get sucked yes. in by the riptide or something. Like, what an but, yeah. I mean, like what a legacy. I, yeah, an absolute yeah. shame. But I mean, like if you're gonna go, I mean, that's like he's a, a hero, right? I guess like, right, that's exactly yeah. So there's yeah, that that's... at least a silver, a small yeah. silver lining yeah, on, yeah, on top of it, but. I do feel like if we didn't mention that that was something that happened this yeah. year, that would have been a sort of a, yeah. Um, but he created a, he created a game with an incredible legacy and an ongoing legacy. And um, Aaron, I really appreciate you coming on today to to walk me through everything and correct all of my my misconceptions. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a lot of fun, Dan. I, I appreciate you having me on. Of course, anytime. We'll have to we'll have to do it again sometime. But that yeah, let's do it. Yeah, we'll do it. That is going to do it today for this episode. Again, number seven of of a total of nine this this month. So I'm I'm going crazy at this point, but we're almost <laughs> at the end. So um, this will be releasing very very soon. Uh, it'll be tomorrow. Actually, we're recording it the night before. Um, so you'll be getting this buzzed ears, and then a few days later, we will have our Pokemon episode to end things off. And then finally, the day after that on New Year's Eve, we'll have our look forward episode where we're going to talk about all the things in 2023 we're excited about, including Battle Spirit Saga. So right. uh, make sure to swing back for that. A quick shout out to our patrons again. Thank you so much for supporting us here on Main Deck. You make everything we do possible and your names will be on the screen here if you're watching the YouTube video. And if you're listening to the audio version, you can imagine them in your in your mind's <laughs> eye, the names appearing before you. But that's going to do it for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening. You all have a wonderful night, and we will catch you on the next episode of the Main Deck Podcast. <laughs>